Welcome to this week's edition of Utnaboot, the podcast within a podcast where we discuss history that we see Utnaboot and in action. I'm Keely McCavitt, and sat here with me, as always, are... It's me, Robin Mullins. <laughs> it's me, Nick Bridges. This week's topic um, is actually sourced from the wonderful world of Facebook and scrolling through Facebook. I came across this from a colleague of mine who is in museums who often posts articles from the Center for the Future of Museums. So in New York, a nonprofit organization called Micro is bringing mini science museums into public spaces. So these micro museums stand about six feet tall and use modern technologies to engage their audiences in scientific topics, the relevance today and the history of the topic. So Micro is unique in that it is not a museum organization, which I was surprised by. Initially, I thought this was gonna be an outreach program because typically things like this are. It was actually developed by a computational ecologist named Amanda Chauchet and a media production professional named Charles Phillip. So alongside a team of engineers, designers, and researchers from Stanford, the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, Oxford, and MIT, the first micro-museum was developed. Currently, there are two varieties of micro-museums, and they each have titles kind of like an exhibition would. The first one that was made, and one of the two, is called the Smallest Mollusk Museum, and the second is the Perpetual Motion Museum. So multiple copies of each of these are created, and they're dispersed around New York in public spaces. Public spaces, in this case, isn't necessarily on the street. It's actually in buildings such as hospitals, the Rockefeller Center, and in Ronald McDonald Care Homes for Children. Um, Micro was developed to address some major issues that modern museums face, such as how do you invite people into museums, how do you reach audiences that do not feel welcome in your institution, and how many people are limited in their ability to participate in museums and in spaces around the world based on free time, distance, and money. Micro is currently only in New York. I think that's pretty cool. Those questions, those issues are really big for museums today. So they have created this project as a way to address them. What do you guys think? Definitely sounds like they've consulted with museums. If, if they feel like those are questions and issues that need to be addressed, it sounds like they've been in consultation. They're definitely huge issues. And I think it's really great that they're trying to find ways to make it more accessible for people. Yeah, it's pretty interesting how they've just decided to turn, I guess, the idea of a museum on its head, where instead of building some new institution with some famous architect maybe, and just build a beautiful building, which is great, they have just decided to go the exact opposite route. They mentioned on their website as well, the main impetus for this project being most of the museums in New York are in wealthy boroughs, even though the population between wealthy boroughs and less wealthy boroughs are about equal. Um, And that 90% of museum goers in New York are actually white. So they want this project to counter the idea that history and science specifically are not just kind of a blue collar endeavor, as it were. And the museums themselves are so cool because when you think museum, you automatically think building, but they're actually kind of like rectangular prisms and they're about six feet tall and they include video screens, infrared cameras, 3D printed models, all of these little like windows and boxes and text panels. They're beautiful. One of the main challenges that they face is that they're totally unsupervised. So you just leave this pillar somewhere. So it has to be able to stand up to just being around people all day, especially the one in the Rockefeller Center where people are passing it constantly. And also the tech needs to work. So they've partnered with designers, not only just in the fabrication, but in the tech aspect, as well as academics and other scientists. So it, I don't know, it's very interesting. It's taking the power away from the traditional museum in a way. No, it's interesting because like originally part of 
the idea behind museums was that it was a way to govern behavior for people. So people learned how they were supposed to behave by entering into these spaces and being seen as well as seeing different things. There's like the cabinet of curiosities idea and everything and it being this very regulated space. So the idea of taking that away from this whole concept and trying to make it more accessible, putting it in a place where people are already going by on their daily routine, having it intervene into their daily lives and being able to interact with it on their own terms is really remarkable. The Rockefeller location sounds like it makes a lot of sense because there's tons of tourists who go there. So it would be a pretty broad demographic that would see it. But the idea of putting it in hospitals is really interesting because there are a lot of people who would see it there, maybe people who might not otherwise have the accessibility to be able to interact with the museum. So it's, I'm really fascinated by the choices that they've made about where to install these. And, and thinking about their demographic address, hospitals take everyone from all walks of life. I mean, it depends maybe what neighborhood they're situated in or how they're specialized, but really you'll have all sorts of people coming by that exhibit who might not think to go to a museum regularly even. Yeah, and so I'm interested in how they decided on those two ideas, the two themes. On their website, they address kind of their choices for these museums as being interesting scientific topics that are also kind of like vehicles for greater discussion. So the the smallest mollusk museum is teaching you about ecology in general through invertebrates specifically, and also evolution. And then you have the Perpetual Motion Museum, which also deals with human history and the human history of invention and the desire to create energy without having to put any in. So it's a way of piquing people's interest in sort of like a larger idea or a larger story through these kind of like little, these little doors in, I guess. And the smallest, smallest one, though, I really want to see because they have a 3D printed octopus brain and they've got little tubes of goo and stuff. (laughs) And it looks very interesting. Uh, I think it's interesting thinking about a historical perspective, the sort of potential for those, especially if they're just out in neighborhoods. You could do a whole one in a neighborhood about the history of that neighborhood. So maybe people who lived there would never think about what their sort of neighborhood was like maybe 100 years ago, maybe 50 years ago. But you could do all that in a little mini museum. Or even getting people in the neighborhood to participate in making it. And then it just becomes this like community building tool, which... In an idealistic sense, that's what museums are kind of supposed to encourage, a love of history and cultural awareness and community. So I think that's that's a great idea. What about you, micro-listener? What do you think of this kind of museum project? What topics would you want displayed in a micro-museum if you could choose? To let us know your answers, or if you have noticed something interesting oot in a boot that you would like to share, send us an email at podcast.nohistory.ca or reach out on social media at Notice History. Your topic could be featured on our next episode. If you like what you hear, tell your friends and subscribe to Notice History wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in to Oot and Boot, and we will see you next Tuesday on a brand new episode of Notice History.